Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 373. This is your guide to the geek side. And this episode is also a palindrome. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra. And this week, our man Charlie is out and about in good old Tejas with his job. But I think he's secretly trying out for the uh, southern version of the Avengers where you've got Cactus Pete and you've got uh, Donkey (laughs) John. I hopefully, Charlie, I hope it goes well for you, Charlie. I guess you're going to be there, Jarvis. We'll see how that goes. But we are joined by someone who has been on co-op mode, but new to Secret Friends Unite. And that is Mr. Matt Swinsky. How are you doing, bud? I am doing well, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk all things comics, nerd stuff, anime. We're, we're going to get into it today. And we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna give some recommendations. We're going to have some fun, Todd. I'm, I'm excited to be here to walk with you once again. Well, first time here to rock with you again. Absolutely. So this is more of our geek-centric. We don't talk about video games. We don't talk about uh, uh, cosplay. Okay. Those are the two things that Charlie and I don't blend on. So he likes cosplay. I like video games. So we, we found common ground. Things you're watching or reading, pretty much. Uh, so there or cool things you've done. You know, go to like cool con or something like that. Very good. Mm-hmm. But Matt, uh, you're new to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, which you call Secret Friends Unite Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, people may not know you. So um, you are, I got to know about you because of the PlayStation Drive podcast you do, which is excellent. It's one of the best PlayStation podcasts on the planet. You also do Burnout Brighter podcasts where you, you don't only really talk about geeky stuff, but you talk about really cool issues that are important to anybody. Mental mm-hmm. health, uh, supporting allies in the LGBTQ community. Um, that's fantastic. So I love that you do a lot of things. You do fundraisers. You do fantastic stuff. So thank you for being on. But also, we want to hear about how you became the, the geek you are today. You're a geek origin. Yeah. Uh, well, A, thank you for saying all those very wonderful, nice things. That's, that's very kind of you. Uh, my geek origin... The earliest kind of geek memory that I have outside of the world of video games was Dragon Ball Z. Uh, I remember at the time it was on at 8 p.m. on on weeknights and I was always very excited. And it was when I was young enough, it was one of those things where I had to be like, come on, mom, my homework's done. Just let me stay up and watch the men yell at each other. I just want to just let me do it. Um, And then from that point, it was also just like a ton of obviously the 90s Marvel cartoons, you know, give me my give me my X-Men, give me my Spider-Man. Uh, it's still a crime that, you know, we're not getting Spider-Man revived. I'm excited as heck for X-Men coming for, you know, X-Men 97. But like I want Spider-Man that ends on such a cliffhanger. But for me, like Spider-Man and Dragon Ball Z were kind of like the two major start points for me. And I kind of never let go ever since then. It's just been, you know, I'm a massive fan of the MCU. Uh, I like some of the things that DC's done. There's, there's just so much to lose yourself in the world of geekdom. And it was always there for me, even when, you know, things got hard. Um, and I just, I just love it, dude. There's just so much to find here and there's so much good um, and with some toxicity and some not great stuff involved as well. But I mean, I, I we, you know, focusing on the good is, is never a bad thing. So for me, it was always Spider-Man was, is my love and joy. It's my favorite superhero, always has been, always will be. Um, and just a lot of anime. And like I, I was mentioning to you before we started, um, you know, my earliest non-Dragon Ball Z related thing with anime was, you know, going to going to Rogers here in Canada, which was we had Rogers and we had Blockbuster uh, and accidentally renting Full Metal Alchemist because the cover <laughs> looked cool. Uh, and then me and my brother are sitting down and we popped the, you know, the DVD in 
And then uh, there was a lot of blood and screaming and, and horrible things going on. And luckily, my parents weren't in the room. And then we ended up renting like every DVD after that to kind of continue up with the series. And, you know, anime has been a part of my life ever since. And that's a good important part of this. Uh, Matt is Canadian. So yeah. we're continuing on this era of being very Canadian friendly. I think they're solely taking over the podcast, which yes. uh, the network. I mean, it's it's working out very well. So appreciate you. Appreciate Timbits. It's it's a really good relationship. I grew up in Michigan, very close to Windsor, that area. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great place to go and drink when you're underage in the United States. Go across the border. Um, yeah, it's a fun time. Yes. Yeah, cool. I, I was gonna ask, like, where did you watch uh, Dragon Ball Z? Because I watched it primarily on like Cartoon Network, uh, Toonami, those type of things. But for yourself in Canada, it's always like a, a labyrinth of how do you watch certain things. Like it, HBO Max doesn't exist there, right? Nope, not at all. Um, yeah, we didn't have Toonami. We didn't have Cartoon Network. We had um, I, the big three growing up. I still remember to this day it was Channel Twenty Five was YTV. That's where I got my Dragon Ball mm. Z fix. Right. That's where we got stuff like Avatar. That's where we got stuff like Dragon Ball Z. That's where like Naruto started. Um, and then Channel Reboot 40- started. Reboot. Reboot was amazing. Yep. I love Reboot. Yeah. Uh, Channel 45 uh, was like uh, was like our basically like our our cartoon network. I'm blanking on the name right now, but that's like where there was a lot of animated stuff there. Um I don't know if you ever watched 16. That was one of my my favorite animated shows growing up. It was based it's a Canadian show. It was about like six teenagers who like lived in the mall ah, like okay. very much like that kind of style. And then Channel 51 was our Disney equivalent Disney equivalent which was Family Channel, which is you know where we got more of the Mickey Mouse, we got more of mm-hmm. the, the Disney oriented stuff. But for me, Dragon Ball Z was always on Channel 25, good old YTV. What it stands for? That's- still don't know. Yeah, YTV, I remember seeing that in America, and I saw that, and I'm like, oh, they do cool stuff. So it was like always that, that tag, you knew YTV was, certain, met, was meant for certain audiences. There was a show that we got in the U.S., I believe, uh, it was called The Anti-Gravity Room, which I believe was Canadian, which was all it does, did comic book reviews, video games, everything in the sun. Very cool. Um, we could go on forever, but <laughs> love this. This is fantastic. And definitely different generations here. Mm-hmm. Matt, you're a little younger than I am. So yeah, definitely. But I grew up with, you know, Canada, Mr. Mr. Dress Up, the Friendly Giant, Mr. and Dress Don up. Cherry. Yes. Yeah. All there right. we go. You're pretty so, yeah. you're pretty much Canadian, Todd. We just accept you. Uh, you are you are. I'm lower Canada and Minnesota, so we're pretty yeah. hot up there. And then also, yeah, th- we got CBC. You know, it pulled in our channel. That's how close we were, but very good. I love my <laughs> Canadian brothers. Yep, definitely a great time. So, folks, I think we're ready to get into one of our favorite parts of the show where we review a cover of a comic that is the same issue as the episode of the show. So, Matt, I don't think you've read Supergirl Giant Action Comics number 373, but look at this cover, man. I mean, you're getting your 25 cents worth. What do you think of this? We've got the Battle of the Super Pets, the Bride of Mr. Mitzelplictic, never remember how to pronounce that, plus an adventure with the Legion of Superheroes, Supergirl's Farewell to Earth, and the war with the Superman Emergency Squad, and it's guest starring the whole Superman family. See, there's there's a lot going on on this comic, but I I'm always a sucker for like almost like the you know the Deadpool She Hulk style like breaking the fourth wall, especially on a cool mm-hmm. comic. And like here you see literally Supergirl just ripping straight out of the comic, right dead center. Um, I mean Super Pets. There's some good boys. There's some good dogs on there. 
uh, you know, hanging out, having a good time. This cover is really cool. I love how it keeps like the, you know, the comic book style, you know, paneling system. But for the cover, it's not something you normally see. Uh, but there's a lot going on and I think it well works. I mean, you got Superman just completely yeeting Supergirl right out of there. There's this. It's cool, dude. I don't know, Todd. What about you? Where are you at on this one? Oh, I, I think it's great. I used to love these type of comics that the throwbacks, you know, they're well before my age um, and seeing I'm like, there's so much happening. I don't know who any of these people are. What's going on? And you read it and each story was like five pages long. It's like, OK, mm-hmm. we've resolved that, you know, deep narrative in five pages. <laughs> so it was always kind of goofy and fun. But yes, absolutely. You don't know what's happening. The cover typically in these days really was tied to what happened in the book compared to like, you know, the cover is just a throw off. It's just an image. So yeah, yeah. I think people should check this out. I mean, March, 1969, uh, well before I was born, you know, and the kids of the sixties were loving this. It's a good cover. It's a good cover. Absolutely. Check it out. I think this is on DC universe infinite. So if you want to check it out and Matt, what we've done is we've committed to every quarter to go back and do randomly generated numbers to read these specific comics just to see how they hold up. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's a I lot of fun. That. It's a, yeah, it's a great time. It's definitely like Russian roulette covers because yeah. you get some good ones and some bad ones. But there we go, folks. This is going to be a fun ride. So, Matt, the next thing we do is we check in with our gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Matt, I don't know if... Uh, how octogenarians are treated in Canada, but we don't do a great job with appreciating them. So by all means, if you wanted to, we would definitely do a swap with Madam Webb and I'll take Ryan Turford, you know, uh, or maybe would Ryan Turford be interested in Madam Webb? Making him out of his house? You know what? Ryan does have this very like omnipresent aura to him like he really just does know everything everywhere and i i'm 100 percent he can see like all the different multiverse world lines and all the different possible futures so i mean like i feel like they'd be a power couple i'm a little bit scared to put them together i, I think we might have to make this happen so uh, we'll, we'll get them together on whatever is it uh what's what's the what's the, all the hip kids use for dating and stuff we'll get madam webb hooked up set up a profile for ryan we'll make magic happen i love it perfect so you know what else is not so perfect, Matt. Uh, movies we love not happening in 2022. Um, apparently, I guess Miyamoto just has the power to just take over Nintendo's Twitter, just say, hey, it's Miyamoto, and just say, Mario movies delayed. <laughs> I, I just only Miyamoto, man. Like, only him could be like, hey, it's me. By the way, sorry. I talked to Chris. No, no Mario this year. But like, I don't know, dude, I I honestly have no idea what to even fathom about this movie. I have zero expectations. I don't know if it's going to be good or if it's bad. Like as soon as they announced Chris Pratt in that voice cast, I was kind of like, no, I I don't know what they're doing, Uh, which seems to be kind of like a reoccurring problem with some of the stories we're going to talk about today. But I don't know, dude, are you you disappointed? Are you where are you at on this? I I don't know. There's no temperature check. How do you feel? No, because we don't have, like, a good guide for, like, video game movies or movies with based on a property even that. I'm just going to go out there because we've had Uncharted, which, you know, ha- you know, mixed bag for people. Did well, though. Uh, we had the Lara Croft movie, which I still haven't seen, but I did see the old ones, mm-hmm. which 
people like kind of forgot. So I guess that's better to be forgotten than to be reviled. Um, then we got the two Sonic movies. Um, and I don't know, we got the, what the Assassin's Creed movies that keep trying to make Resident Evil that's things that just are having a rough time. So, um, and then we had, you know, Detective Pikachu. So it's, it's really hard to understand what we can expect from video game movies to deliver. Um, I don't know. Um, and it's funny. I'm looking down the Twitter post and it says we got Miyamoto there and it says a delayed movie is bad, a bad movie. And I'm like, they don't even say a delayed movie. It could be good. A good movie. Just nope. a bad movie is a bad movie. Oh, well, but yeah, you're absolutely right. We have seen, we got the announcement of the movie ta- happening, the voice cast, no images, no idea what the art style are going for. Is this going to be a Roger Rabbit where, or Sonic where you put the characters in their cartoonish video game fashion along with mm-hmm. like real humans? Because we got the live action movie. We know this is animated by DreamWorks, which does minions and things like that. So uh, we don't know. I don't even know if we know the writers are to judge like if the writing would be good. That's I, I don't I don't know if we do know the writers, but th- like that's what I mean. This movie is just such a massive question mark for me that like I don't. It, it's also going to be a really almost not an uncanny valley but it's going to be strange hearing some of these characters who we just get you know throwaway lines in the worlds that they exist in to now be fully voiced and like have you know an actual you know personality to them outside of just you know a couple moments here and there so like i don't know i I don't want to be pessimistic because like you said we haven't seen anything right there's nothing to judge based off there's no screenshot there's no character modeling there's there's nothing but I don't know. Like, I don't have a problem with the delay. I just want them to make sure that whatever they're doing with this, I hope it lands. DreamWorks has, you know, a mixed, a bit of a mixed bag when it comes to their pedigree in terms of their, you know, animated properties. They're always beautiful, but whether, mm-hmm. but again, in terms of quality, similarly to video game movies, you, you have a bit of a mixed bag. So I don't know, dude. I don't know. By the way, did you see that they just released a 4K version of a Mario anime? From like 1986. No. Totally Japanese anime. Very odd. I didn't watch the whole 90 minute affair, but I fast forwarded it. It's pretty like on track for like using the source material for or for the time of 1986. So like actually like having the invulnerability star uh, going through like the levels, doing things, using the music from the games, which I'm like, this is pretty impressive. Princess, you know, you know, Princess Peach gets taken, uh, or was it Princess Toadstool at the time? I think one was Toadstool. I don't know. You let us know, folks. Uh, we'll get it right. But yeah, you'll have to look it up, Matt. It's very interesting. It's all Japanese, uh-huh. uh, but very, but the art style is not bad. Much better than like the Mario Super Show or those things like that. So we'll see. Yeah. So definitely Mario movie 2023 spring. Uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, I hope it does well because I think it's, you know, Nintendo has such great IP and the fact that they've just really, except for like a lot of Kirby cartoons and Pokemon, Mm -hmm. largely have just not played in that space, which I think that is just the silliest thing in the world. I mean, as long as we don't have like Mario showing his butt like Master Chief, I think we're okay. Yeah, I I, see what 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 I really want out of this and like. I know people are over these like combined universes and stuff. I personally can't get enough of them. If this Mario lands, give me Zelda, give me Metroid, and then pull together a Smash Bros. movie. Do you know how hype it would be to actually get like a full length like Smash Bros. movie? Like I would be all over it, regardless of its quality. It would be a fun ride, and it would look cool. Like 
similarly, I hope this does well. I'm tired of the era of, you know, cynicism of, of, around video game yeah. movies. And like, if this lands, if kids have fun with it and it's like, you know, accessible for adults in a way that you can, you know, turn off your brain and enjoy it. Cool. I'm in. If Wreck It Ralph got Bowser, all those characters to show up, mm-hmm. if Nintendo said we're going to make a movie and we want your characters that have been in Smash Bros. being in it, who would say no? Exactly. Who would say no? I mean, like, Konami's going to say Snake can't be in that because he's got more important things to do? Yeah, seriously. Like, 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 like come what, on. not being games? <laughs> right? Especially with, exactly. like... The first, the first Smash Bros. being a small cast, like there's, like you just need, like again, like Avengers, it take your time, build exactly, it out, make it cool, make it fun, why not? Yeah, Kirby will just eat everybody, and it'll be a great time. Yeah, perfect, good time, absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's coming in 2023. I think the biggest thing though is people just want to hear what Chris Pratt does with the Mario voice. Other than mm-hmm. that, doesn't really matter. It could be no New Donk City. Mario just looks like an odd little man. We'll see it. He's probably a dwarf. Maybe that's what he is. He's truly a dwarf, and that's why he's so short and kind of pudgy. So that kind of works. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Agreed. See how it goes. Um, more disappointing news in movies that we were looking forward to not getting released this year, and that's the fact that the Spider-Verse, which I would say is Sony's only good superhero franchise, has been delayed into 2023, June 2023. It's, it's a mm-hmm. long way off. I mean how successful this movie was and, and it just delayed. And um, I mean, this was the bright spot for Sony, but I mean, I'm glad they're taking their time, but along mm-hmm. with this the delay, we got announced that there's actually going to be a third movie when they called it part one. Obviously I should have probably guessed there's another movie coming. You don't say part one and it just <laughs> ends um, unless, you know, I, I don't know what is any other movies done part one and like part two never came out. Oh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part there One. Go. There you <laughs> exactly. go. Exactly. That's only what's over. Yeah. So we're getting a Part Two though um, in March 29, 2024. So essentially, less than a year apart from release, which is exciting. But that you see, rarely see that happening. I mean, I think what the Avengers movies, maybe um, Star Wars, almost tried to do that and didn't work so well. So, but this is you know this is arguably to some people the greatest superhero movie ever made enter the spider-verse miles morales so the animation style all these things worked so well and the fact that sony pulled it off is just that always gives me the glimmer of hope matt it's like if sony can do this why can't they make a good live action film and i don't know see they trusted you know what is it chris miller and phil lord i don't remember which yeah lord miller the lego good movie you guys yeah exactly like they trusted them to play in that universe and get it right. And they rocked it. That like Spy- enter the spider verse is one of my favorite movies, like period full stop. So like, while this delay hurts, like they, they went on to talk about how they there's like 230 characters. There's like a thousand people working on this movie. It's like an absolutely massive production. So like, take your time, knock it out. I want to see some really weird, like, you know, small time, Spider-Man characters show up in this in different versions of, you know, Peter and Miles and Gwen. Um, because like this movie could be really fantastic. And like they're going for like six different art styles because they said there's going to be six different like universes that they go through. So like Crazy. they're really swinging for the fences here. And like with Beyond the Spider-Verse, which is going to be, you know, part two or whatever, the third one, whatever, however they're going to kind of, you know, uh, name it out. It just I just my hype is so high for these next two movies. And I'm so glad that we're getting them so close together. Um, I don't know if you saw Todd, but we also got a footage description because at CinemaCon they showed the first oh, yeah, that's right. of the movie. 
So like, so is the movie actually not done or are they just holding it back? I don't know. But yes, I heard about this. Yeah. They showed the first 15 minutes basically talking about like, okay, spoilers for, for Spider-Verse 2 with the first 15 minutes. I'm just going to throw that out there in case everybody doesn't want to know anything, which, you know, I understand. But like talking about how like we start off in Spider-Gwen's universe. She's going up against, you know, the Vulture. Apparently the Vulture is from like a different universe and like very scary looking, very weird. Like apparently like very incredibly like stylized subtitles mm. that, he, that the, the character speaks through. They're, they're fighting. Gwen's about to lose. And then, um, you know, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel shows up, backs her up. They're fighting together. He calls for more backup. Jessica Drew shows up uh, pregnant, you know, and then it's the three of them together taking on the vulture. Uh, and it's like we get like, I think they, they take the vulture down and then like in, in the comics and especially in, in with Spider-Gwen, Captain Stacy, her dad is obviously still alive. Uh-huh. She, he starts to actually arrest her and she's like, no, dad, it's me. Takes her mask off. He arrests her anyway. And then, like, <laughs> and then yeah, man, like, that's yeah. some parenting. Right. And then like Miguel, you know, saves her. They take off. We get back into, you know, Miles's universe. And then we just see a little bit of him. Um, and apparently he's not doing well in school. He's too in too many Spider-Man things. But that's basically this, the, the description that we got. Uh, I can't wait, dude. I'm so excited. I have a, the like the utmost faith in this team uh, and these directors and these animators. I really hope that they're getting paid properly to do this movie because I can only imagine how much work this is. But I can't wait, dude. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, I mean, this is not a scenario with the um, the actors because they can, and I don't know how they all do their voice, uh, voice, you know, work if they're doing it together, they're doing it separately. Obviously, there's ways to do it. You obviously need a good voice director, which they had, uh, mm-hmm. great performances of these actors. So, um, but I assume then it's the animation. I'm not sure exactly where this is animated, to tell you the truth, because the animation style is fantastic. It's groundbreaking. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. And both of us played the Spider-Man game and the Miles Morales game. The Miles Morales game where they actually use the suit to bring in that like yes. weird like what is it 24 frames per second it's like it's a very still to, and some people actually it didn't work for them like oh my god it made me feel sick but that's the cool part it looks so unique and it's like wow i mean and i always think of like disney what are you doing with marvel right you've got so much animation talent and where's except for what if and and big hero six which i love that movie yes. these had they could Go and milk that. Uh, same thing with Star Wars. They could milk Disney's animation series to bring in so many cool animation styles. I feel like it's not happening. So I really, it's the only good thing about Sony owning Spider-Man and doing things. They can do things like that. And they have to worry about the formula. They can mm-hmm. take chances and do crazy stuff. And of course, the formula is only 25% creatively successful. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. hey, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Sony, like, I, I like Venom for what it is. Like, I really, I really it's didn't a, at first. It's an but, intentional, what, B movie, C movie? Yeah. It's intentional. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I haven't seen uh, the greatest movie ever, Morbius, as of yet. I'm waiting for that to come to digital before I touch that. Like, I am going to watch it just because I hate myself. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. Morbius? And I maybe I'm the only one that said, I think they had a decent movie up until like 75% of the way through when it just went off the rails and they realized they had to make a superhero film and they had to make it connect. I'm like, that's where it all fell apart. Before that, I thought it actually told a pretty good story. I thought the acting was decent, but when it went off the rails, um, I'm like, it went off the rails and it was to your, to your point, 
Venom knew what it was. I don't think Morbius knew what it was. I think it knew up to a certain point in the movie, and then it's like, oh, crap, we got to do this thing, don't we? Oh, crap, mm-hmm. we got to make the Spider-Man... <laughs> I, I, we, we, we have not figured out what to call this thing. It's like the Spider-Man... Sony cinematic universe of characters with Spider-Man. So I'm like, I'm calling it Spumco versus the MCU. Cause that's how convoluted it is. You that come with the crappy acronym. Icky. That, I don't know why that sounds gross. Well, that's the point. It's like, they I don't, know. They, they're, they're making it so complicated. It's like, let's come up with an acronym that everyone will love. No, it yeah. sounds like, you know, Acme. Uh, oh, uh, well, but oh, well. you know, what's no, it's fun. And we're going directly into this, the best segue ever. We're getting another spin-off movie in the Spider-Man, Sony Spider-Man Spumco universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting El Muerto, which I, everybody loves El Muerto. He's the best Spider-Man character in the world. Everybody knows this character. And they're always saying, where's my El Muerto movie? Well, guess what, folks? You're getting it. And guess who's going to be in this movie? Bad Bunny. Mm-hmm. He's a wrestler. He's an actor. He's a rapper. Mm-hmm. He apparently is the most viewed uh or downloaded uh, act i mean i'm just not hip and with cool with the kids but mm-hmm. matt i mean bad bunny is he like on your top five uh artists? number one goat oh He's okay greatest of all time forever i have no idea who this is i like even me like i'm just gonna, like i have no idea uh man why 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 <laughs> why there's so like if you're gonna if you're really committed to doing this whole you know what was it? Spumco? Spunco? Spumco. Yeah. Spumco. Sony Pictures Cinematic like, Spider-Man Universe. Like, why are you looking at El Muerto? Why are you even considering, like, Silver Sable or, like, an Aunt May spinoff, which was rumored for the longest time? You have, like, a, <laughs> an actual literal multiverse of amazing Spider-Man characters. Use, you know, use Miguel O'Hara. Give us Spider-Man 2099. There's so, like, you don't even have to touch anything that Marvel is doing. But guess what? You could do future versions of all these villains and all these characters that people love. Like, why not? I can understand why they're not doing Miles proper because they have Spider-Verse. And I'm sure Marvel has their own plans for Miles. Um, but, like, you know, do Spider-Gwen. Like, there, there's just so much that you could do. Like, and they're really, I don't know, reaching into a very random bag of characters here. And they're just, they're just you know, swinging for it. I, I have no idea. Like the, the only thing that I could possibly even fathom an idea of is like, maybe Sony and Marvel are getting along a little bit better than before. And some of the characters that Sony wanted to make movie as movies of Marvel has plans for, which is why we're not getting this. I, I don't know, dude, this just confuses me incredibly. It's, it's a very odd thing. And it's, it's, for a time, I think they they were trying to do the opposite of Marvel, where they were like, "We're going to create a, um, a group of we're going to build up our villains," which I'm like, mm-hmm. "That's a unique approach. Could work right. if it's good done." You know, we've got Venom, we've got Morbius. Uh, we're going to get Craven, mm-hmm. Madam Web's in the joint. She's coming out too. We were supposed to get that weird uh, Silver Sable, um, Black Cat. So Silver and Black, kind of weird thing um there's a lot of ways they could have gone and, and i mean if it worked it worked that'd be a, a you know a brave experiment to bring these basically your story is to bring in the uh sinister six or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it and then we've already delivered you know tom holland to spider-man so that's kind of like a you know villains rarely get a lot of development they get like you know what in the background 15 minutes you see them they're typically really um it, and we've seen like i think thanos is the best version of that like or even um uh 
uh, I'm blanking on the Black Panther's nemesis. Killmonger. Killmonger. We've seen where they've done a better job where they balance it and they try to bring uh, more humanity to the villain. It's not he's just bad because he's goofy and silly like a Batman, like we've seen with Batman in the past where he's just goofy and silly. Um, But they've done a better job. So I'm like, that could have worked, but you needed someone to steer the ship. And uh, Amy Pascal has been that person in Avia Rod, and just they're just not very good at this. They they know how to make money, they just don't know how to tell great stories. So, uh, so in this way, this is a weird one though. Umberto, I'll give you a little background on him. Uh, apparently, he debuted. This is the hard part. There's so little information, even on Marvels.com's page, they don't even say where he debuted. But I believe he was uh, created by Mark Wade. Um, or Peter David back in 2014. So he did appear in a comic book, but it was about a, uh, I'll just give you his origin. Um, the powers and masks of the superpowered wrestler El Morito have been passed down generation to generation. Each wrestler had to prove themselves to the presser El Dorado so they could remain alive and keep their powers. When Marcus Estrada presented his son Juan Carlos to El Dorado, Juan Carlos cowered in terror, unwilling to fight him. Marcus Estrada sacrificed his life to try and save Juan Carlos. So essentially we've got a, a son who who failed and now has to make it up using the powers of a muerto, which is essentially, you know, it's kind of that luchador mask type of thing. So mm-hmm. I have really not sure. I mean, there's more stories if you want to read more about him, but essentially um, I think this was in a way Marvel's way of trying to introduce a Latino character, but there are better ways to do that because there is actually a Spanish female spider character. I think it's um, uh, La Araña who is a Spanish female Spider-Woman, mm-hmm. Spider-Girl. She's young, yeah. I think she's a teen. Yeah. yeah, she's young. Oh. I mean, you have Miguel O'Hara. That's the... Eh, eh, eh. Come on, man. Yeah, I, so to, to kind of, yeah, he appeared in Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man number six, as you mentioned, okay. uh, created created yeah. by Peter David. Uh, I think he was in like, like quite literally two or three ish- issues and then never seen again. So like... I don't know. There's somewhere in Sony, I guess, either they got really drunk and like picked, picked names out of a hat or there's like a really diehard El Muerto fan. And like, I don't know, dude. Like if if, if we're going to get some sort of variation of the Sinister Six with like, I guess the Vulture, I guess Morbius, I guess Venom, I guess El Muerto. And then with a couple slots left to fill um, and then that, you know, that opens the can of worms. Are we getting Andrew Garfield back? Are we is he going to be the Spider-Man of the Sony universe? Are we going to get another Spider-Man? Like what is going on? This this like and this kills me because again, my favorite character. It's my favorite character. I love Spider-Man. I love these characters. And See, Charlie like, would love you, Matt, right now, because that's his favorite on. character. What are you doing, so, Sony? Uh, absolutely. So it's a hot mess. And it's funny because uh, because these movies have been so successful, Sony has no reason to let Disney get these back. Um, if someone else buys Disney, the, the rights were uh, the, the Spider-Man rights go back to Disney. So quite honestly, I, I, I mean, Sony's just waiting until the, there's just a high enough asking price. And at this point, it's going to be high. Amy, it's going to be high because these movies keep making buku bucks. So I don't know. It's probably going to be more than uh, what they played for Disney or, or uh, for Star Wars or Marvel, which is just crazy if you think about it, but that's probably what's going to happen. 
I think you're right. I think this is going to be a massive sell. Like, I mean, like Morbius isn't doing well, right? Venom, like, I think Venom are the, like, Venom is the only live action one that has done well so far. Yes. I hope Morbius continues to bomb. I hope Craven bombs. I like, like, no ill will to anybody involved in those movies. Like, I really hope Craven is decent. He's one of my favorite Spider-Man villains, which again, just depresses me that we're not actually getting him in the MCU proper. But yeah. like, I don't know, dude. I just, come on. Avi Arad and Amy Pascal just just let go. Just let go. Just let go. We'll see what happens. Maybe yep. Disney wants to buy the whole kit and caboodle. Just buys everything so we get Disney with PlayStation and their happy family. And we just get the whole <laughs> I don't know, maybe that'll happen. We'll the see. Disney we'll PlayStation. Because they're already doing all the spider they're all doing all the games already, anyways. Mm-hmm. So why not? Well not all yep. the games, but oh well. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully it goes well, but this just seems like we got a big star. And we want to put him in a movie. And apparently he's going to be in that new Brad Pitt film, uh, Bullet Train, which looks really kind of cool. Um, and he's an assassin in that. But that doesn't mean he can carry a whole film. So that's the other cat in the bag. So we'll, we'll just pause and we'll see where this goes, <laughs> if it actually even happens. But with mm-hmm. that, something this is just a goofy story, Matt. I think this is a, a reminder of how the bad old days were when it came to Marvel. <laughs> Getting anything on screen was treacherous and hard for Marvel back in the days. You had the Incredible Hulk TV show, which people loved, claimed, but then you had the Spider-Man live-action TV show, which I think was maybe a couple standalone movies. Horrible. Uh, then you had those, like, the the Hulk movies where they brought in Thor and Daredevil didn't do well. You had that bad David Hasselhoff, Nick Fury movie, which, on Fox. You had Generation X on Fox, which was an X-Men property yeah marvel didn't do well until we finally got to blade spider-man so oh that's true but Mm -hmm. marvel proper in regards to you know the marvel as an entity because they spider-man they ended up giving the rights away so that was kind of like the sad story yeah where they kind of sold the rights away to fantastic four so that's why you got bad fantastic four movies Mm -hmm. yeah so but yeah blade was truly the first like marvel had a vision they got somebody that made a decent film so but before then, we have this oddity, Matt. It's called Doctor Strange. You're saying, I've seen Doctor Strange. No, you haven't. Doctor Strange, this movie was a 1978 film, I believe. I don't know how this even happened, how they got the rights. But it's funny because it, it starred Peter Hooten. This was on, actually, 1978. It was a made-for-TV movie. Doctor Strange is played by Peter Hooten and also included a certain Mallory Archer, also starring uh, the the matriarch of um, Arrested Development, Jessica Walters, mm-hmm. or Jennifer Walters. I always call her Jessica for some reason. She was also in this too. And this was actually kind of a funky psychedelic movie. But I saw it as a kid, like on UHF Channel Fifty, probably in Detroit, Michigan. Watch this movie. It was a lot of fun and goofy, and I was just like, "Wait, there's Doctor Strange in the movie as a kid." It blew my mind. I had no clue about this movie. Yes. Um, but now it's coming out on Blu-ray. So, Matt, you can get this thing from Shout Factory. You can watch the whole thing probably online for free on YouTube if you want. In <laughs> glorious 480p uh, recorded off someone's, you know, Saturday afternoon uh, back in the 80s. Um, but it's it's available. It's coming out. This is kind of fun. I mean, there were a lot of these things. Like there was a Captain America movie made in like the early 80s where you right. fought an Italian Red Skull which made so and he had the bad Captain America motorcycle. So what do you think? Will you at least uh, watch the trailer? 
I, I had never heard of this until like I was, you know, looking back as to what we're going to be talking about on the show today. Uh, a brilliant timing way to wait way to kind of hold this I'm sure they've had this movie mm-hmm. ready to go for a while you know release it alongside the marketing for Doctor Strange you know and the multiverse of madness so great you know what this looks like the kind of movie that I would uh, you know have a couple drinks and, and make it into a drinking game with some friends on a weekend when we're bored like I, I'm in I'll, I'll watch it why not I will not attest for my eight year old's memory and if it's actually any good, but I think it's fun. Yeah, the the multiverse of madness. This could be like bringing this guy who played Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yep, and just make it the, multiverse the cheesy of costume. Sadness. Yeah, like wearing the cheesy costume, like the cheesy Loki costume. We've seen the cheesy yes. like uh, Scarlet Witch costume. Bring in this cheesy Doctor Strange costume, and you've got it nailed. Yeah, I Love I'm this. in this. Yeah, I'll watch it. Why not? Maybe it's going to happen. Sam Raimi is so crazy. He would include this in his movie. It would right. be one of the multiverses that, you know, if this ever happened. Very fun. So <laughs> check it out, folks. Buy it. You know, give these folks some money for doing the hard work. Shout Factory does some weird releases. So there we go. Lastly, in the news, and Charlie's going to kill us because, once again, it's a video game on the screen. And we're getting a knock a knuckle spin-off TV series, I believe going to be on Paramount Plus. I think they they own the rights with Paramount um, with that. Um, Matt, did you see the Sonic 2 or Sonic? I 1? did. I did. I saw okay. both of them. Uh, um, what'd you think? I like them, dude. I think they're fun. I think like the first one is is solid. Um, you know, I love Ben Schwartz. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think he fits that kind of snooty Sonic that I remember from my childhood watching like the Sonic, the Hedgehog cartoon and like Sonic X. Um, so like, I think he fits the mold. I thought the first one was a lot of fun. Um, you know, had, I, it's not a perfect movie, but I enjoyed it. Sonic two just took everything that worked in Sonic one and threw about, threw away the humans into the, you know, the backside of the plot and just, and just went wild with Sonic and tails and knuckles and, and Jim Carrey kind of like hamming it up, uh, as you know, as Eggman. I loved it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think I think it's a really fun movie. And like I loved Idris Elba as Knuckles. I think he kind of rocked it. Um, you know, all the stories of him basically like signing on to the movie without even looking at the script just because it was Knuckles. Fantastic. Like you can you can tell that the actors are having fun with it. Uh, you can you can tell that, you know, they put a lot of love into this movie. And like I- I'm happy to say it's probably one of the best comic book movies. Uh it's it's just it's uh, sorry, uh video game movies. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I uh, my son begrudgingly watched because I sound like Sonic. He begrudgingly watched the first one with me when it was on video or it was a home release, and he enjoyed it. And then mm-hmm. he's sixteen now, so of course, sixteen-year-olds, you know, don't always love the goofy stuff. They just, you know, they, they have certain sensibility. Um, but he really, really liked the second one. We both did. I was laughing. I mean, that dance-off scene in the bar with the guy mm-hmm. who's got the tattoo of himself on it doing. I mean. That was pretty ingenious. Very funny, very goofy. I still don't understand why they, they must have had to like contractually include the humans because it was so separated from everything else. It kind of felt like, did they just have to include them because it felt like right. so not of the moment? So I'm just wondering if they'll be back for a third movie. Maybe not. They'll be like, they all oh, they went on a vacation. We didn't care what Again, they did this time. Yeah, I just whatever. Like they they add absolutely nothing to the plot. Like I found absolutely. Like, it's funny because usually in video game movies, like when you have like the, you know, the, especially this kind of mix, it's usually like the video game aspect of it that's more cringy than the human side of it. And in this situation, it's just like, I don't I don't need to see Mars then again, man. Just just 
just let him ride off into the sunset with this happy wife and happy life and just let Sonic and them go back to their side and, and you know, be silly over there. Because, yeah, it works, dude. It's fun. I always say knock out them, knock them out and just have them in a coma. Yes. Yeah. Th- they'll be OK. They'll wake up at the end. We know they're there. Exactly. Yeah, it was just just so weird. So weird. Oh, well. Um, But we are getting a series based on Knuckles, which is very surprising because, you know, filling up a two hour movie and doing those type of things, that's not always too difficult. It's just just got one plot, things like that. A show that's most likely I'm assuming it's live action, not going to be totally like CGI. Um, I'm curious because Knuckles was great. He was kind of Mm -hmm. like Drax in a lot of ways that that kind of like not not really getting humor, sarcasm, things like that, but just being witty as well himself. Um, And really just I just loved seeing his power set, his power level. That was pretty impressive. Um, So I don't know. And it's it's always funny because I I subscribe to a uh, YouTuber named Arlo. Uh, who is a blue Muppet, loves video games. And he got killed for his discussion, like his frustration with the Sonic movie because he said it didn't follow the source material. I'm like, what source material? Like the game, the comic series from Archie, the, right. the, the, the cartoon. I mean, like, I don't know if there's like source material for Sonic that's like precious. I mean, he likes chili dogs. He gets rings. He does fun things. Goofy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And, like, the thing is, it's, like, the pieces of lore that we see in Sonic and Sonic 2 are actually pretty interesting. Like, the war between the echidnas and, like, the rest Mm -hmm. of the animals, like, the owls and stuff. Like, if we get some backstory to Knuckles, I'm, like, I I kind of hope what the show show is, is the lead up is learning more about the lore, is leading more about to, like, how Knuckles got to where he was. And, like, if they throw in some, like, side stories in present day, too, awesome. But, like, there, there are some fascinating bits of, like, this huge war where like all the echidnas died and stuff now are they gonna go that dark no by not by any means but like if we see pieces of that if we learn a little bit more about that i mean i don't like again i i haven't like i like sonic a lot i you know play a lot of the games i used to watch the com you know watch the shows i read a bunch of the comics i think they kind of captured the spirit of it and if this is you know similarly to halo if it's doing its own thing i mean just let it like i don't really think the sonic lore is so incredibly important that it needs to be tied in 100%. Let it be its own thing. Absolutely. And I think the best thing you can do is team up Knuckles. If, if Sonic and Tails are doing their own thing, then team up Knuckles with some with, team up Knuckles with someone who is a good foil. A you know, a, a goofy person. Bring in Big the Cat. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Amy Amy Rose whatever her name is, the the weird bat lady. Um there's, I'm not that deep into all the Sonic characters, quite honestly. But go deep. Bring in all those yeah. characters. Bring in the crocodile. I forgot his name. There's a crocodile and the little bee guy, I think. Like there's yeah. there's, a, there's so many characters and just make up new ones. Who cares? Like it's Sonic. Like have fun with it. Perfect. Yeah, that Sonic uh with the the android Sonic. Bring him in too. We're all having Metal a good Sonic. time. Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. And have fun with it. So there we go, folks. That is the news this week. So if you had fun, you had your take on these stories, let us know. Well, Matt, it's time for us to now move from the news section to hang out in our fe- favorite geek establishment, the Geek Easy, to get, talk about all the things we've been enjoying in the world of nerd. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the geek easy. Drinks are poured, music is playing, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Matt, we have watched a few things, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited to talk about both of these. Um, 
and I've actually uh, watched another one. So I've, I've, I've seen quite a few. Some of these I haven't finished. So spoilers probably are going to be needed because I am behind as well. So uh, tell us, you know, Halo. So we're at episode five of Halo. I'm not sure how many we're getting. Are we getting five or six, seven or eight or nine? I don't know. Uh, but we're up to, uh, have you seen all through all five? I have, yes. Okay. So what do you think? Eh. 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 Yeah. I... So I'm one of the, I actually really liked uh, the premiere. I thought it was a solid start and I think it's kind of meandering and taking a little too long to get to some of the interesting stuff. Um, I think like there, there are interesting parts to it. I like what they're doing with master chief. I'm not someone who really cares that strongly about the helmet on helmet off thing. I like that. Like given the context of the world that this master chief is in, you know, it, it makes sense. Um, but like, I just don't know if they've made us care enough about a lot of these characters. The action set piece that we finally got in episode five was super cool. But there were some like, again, just some like moments where like, you know, okay, like spoilers, but there's a point where like, you know, there's a character running and, and she falls and there's another character who's much further away and then like instantly warps to like right beside them. Like there's just little things like that, that for me, like break my brain in terms of continuity. It's like, you know, the massive aliens running around and stuff like the CGI, whatever it is, what it is, but like just little like things like that, that you just, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's all right. I think it's okay. I think it's, it's, it's not bad. It's not great. There are moments of it that are really great. There are moments of it that are not great, but like, I think as a whole, as this kind of like first season, and I'm assuming we're going to be getting more uh, of Halo. I think it's solid. I think it's all right. Like it's, I'm not rushing to watch it every week but i'll make time to watch it every week if that makes sense um i don't know dude where are you at on the, where are you at on halo it feels like the first season of something and yeah. and i always say this even about comedies the first season is just laying the groundwork to get to know the characters and things like that most comedies get really good season two and beyond because you've yeah. already like established there and then you start to get to know their sensibilities this is a lot of heavy lifting because Halo is not known more so than probably 20 million people. Let's be honest. Um, Because Xbox, I mean, I don't know how many people have played Halo. Maybe 20 million, 30 million? I don't know. But that's probably the group that truly knows who Halo is. And I think this audience is hard to please because those people like Luke Lore, others, Sean Capri, potentially, so deep in Halo that that's a hard ask to say, what would you want from a Halo show? Because a lot of people say, I want the prequel to happen that doesn't include Master Chief, but I want to see what they did before. I'm like, but that's not going to get people excited about Halo if they don't know what Halo is, because Master Chief is the show. And I think they had a hard road ahead, because how do you deal with a primarily silent protagonist? We've had The Witcher, which Geralt is a very gruff, not a very verbose character, but they did a great job with them with Henry Cavill. I thought they did a great job, enjoyed it. Season one was rough once again, and then season two is definitely improved. Mm-hmm. Everybody's mad that he's taken off his helmet. Now, why he's taken off his uniform and showing us his nether realms. I don't know if we need to see that, but I yeah. mean, it's definitely the show feels a little more mature, tilted with some of the violence and things we've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely a little bit like gore and like violence is definitely up higher. So they're definitely going for a little bit older audience, which is. Actually, it's part of the course with CBS and Paramount. They do that type of thing. But, I mean, why does he take off his helmet? Because we need who know who this Master Chief is. He can't be just the guy that says, finish the fight, and, and maybe does a couple lines with Cortana. That does not make for an interesting show. Um, but this is Chief 
figuring out who he is and his and the Spartans telling us things. So it's doing a lot of heavy lifting, and I appreciate what they're doing. But there's some side stories that are just kind of like, why are we spending so much time with Quan and the previous Spartan and their relationship? And that just seems to drag the show down. Mm-hmm. Um, Halsey's interesting, but we're spending a lot of time with her as well. And we get it. She's a manipulator and doesn't deal well with people and doing all these bad things, but we're spending a lot of time with her. Um, so, and we're spending, but we are getting some good time with Spartans. I don't know any of these Spartans really well. I don't know the lore with them. So I'm like, that's kind of cool. And we've got the one Spartan who is doing her own thing. I don't know if she's live or dead spoilers, but mm-hmm. she's not in the same space that chief is. And we're seeing her approach to some of these awareness issues. So I'm really, I'm, I'm to your point. Five, excellent. We, I mean, it was like probably 15 minutes left in the episode. We finally got some awesome set pieces. We got mm-hmm. the same thing in the first episode, but the lack of action is a problem. You need something to get people excited. Halo is an action game. It's not a telltale game. It's not a yep. s- go around, ask people questions, and feel how, understand how they feel and you know come back to them and develop that relationship. So yep. when it's good, I- it's good. Yeah. I, I kind of would have rather them take this like I love the idea of what they're doing with Chief and kind of him, you know, falling, you know, out of line with with the UNSC and kind of like the whole, you know, the whole message. I think this would have been a perfect season two. I think the punch of him kind of falling out of, you know, all of it would have worked better once we have this world and these characters established a little more. For us coming in from the video games, it's easy to see being like, oh, okay, Master Chief, you know, he's been fighting for so long. But like, I think there there are ideas here that just, they needed more setup and they needed more time for them to feel impactful instead of them just expecting them to be impactful uh, in the moment. Like even again, with the other Spartans and stuff, like I like what they're doing with it. I just wish it felt more important because I think I think that's my biggest problem with the show so far um, is that like nothing feels that important. Nothing feels like like hey like Chief is just basically walking around with like a mystified face on ninety percent of the time, and it's just like like you said, Halo is a shooter. It's it's an action game. What it almost feels like what they did with this is like tried to make 2018's God of War with halo but in a tv show like there's it's just it's a bit jumbled right now but like again there are pieces of it that deserve to be celebrated it's just you know i I hope they figure it out because i think there is some there's potential for this to be really cool um instead of just having moments that are really cool yeah it's like the quan characters like i almost wish like we he had met her sadra and then we came to back to her in season three yeah. We didn't need to have multiple episodes and have that type of thing because I feel like it's wasted time where let's focus on what's important so we build up those elements. And also the whole – the artifacts part, it's fine. We're mm-hmm. spending a lot of time. This artifact's important. This artifact's important. We've yep. got these things going on with the Covenant. Who are the Covenant? People don't know who the Covenant are yet. They haven't really told us anything yet. And then we've got this human that's with the Covenant as well. There's a lot of cool elements. It's just like the execution is – lacking so maybe they'll take all of this out and to your point i i'm hoping this gets renewed because i'm thinking that if they can overcome some of these things they'll have a better balance of action storytelling and building on those elements and make it a stronger show mm-hmm. well said okay so i took away a lot of your steam matt so i want to <laughs> hear your thoughts on moon Knight because i've talked about a lot about moon Knight. we're up to episode four so are you caught up yep 
Yep, I am. Uh, I love Moon Knight. I'm having so much fun with it. Oscar Isaac is just acting in circles around everyone in that show. Like, it's almost like he's so strong that the rest of the characters around him almost don't feel as important or as meaningful. But, like, um, the action set pieces have been really cool so far. I love how they're kind of doing the flips between Steven and Mark and question mark. Um, and, like, there's like I am really, really enjoying this. It's probably one of my favorite Disney Plus shows. Are there issues with the pacing? Are there issues with some of the CGI? Are there issues with it? Yes, but I think it's just, it's so different. And that's what I think really needs to be celebrated with the Disney Plus shows as a whole. There's a lot of complaints that like the MCU, you know, just has a formula. It gets too samey. I really feel like a lot of these shows are trying to be something different, are trying to tell an interesting story. Uh, I'm having a blast with Moon Knight. I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm super excited to see more. Um, And like, I do think that, there this is this is probably the most confusing entry like i have like family and friends being like what is going on and i'm like i can't even begin to explain this properly to you just just stick around for the rest of the ride and i hope that it sticks the landing but i'm i'm loving it so far i don't know Todd, how, what, what do you feel about it yeah i'm of two minds because i think it's a good show i don't know if it's a great marvel show that's the problem i feel like okay. there's so little connection to the mcu in the show there's been no references and other people brought in. So I kind of feel like this feels like a really well done show, kind of like Legion. If you ever watched Legion on FX. Okay. I think you might like it. Legion was a character in the X-Men, son mm. of Professor Xavier, who was a mutant with multiple personalities. Every personality had a separate power base. I used to This was established. I used to read the Legion comics and like I keep having the show recommended to me. I just for it, I have no good reason, dude. I just haven't watched it. You know what I mean? It's it's so out there and so well done, and it's really cool. And but it is dealing with like once again, mental health. Mm-hmm. Is he truly who he is? Is he know what he's dealing with and which person will it be? So it was it was a different time though. It was basically like the rights of the X Men where they were doing. So yeah. they got to take chances and do some crazy stuff. So I think that show did a better job with the um, using split personalities and different things like that okay. and dealing with that because it's like. It had more time to deal with that one character didn't have to worry about where it was going or what was linked to, which okay. I th- always think these shows, the Marvel universe, ultimately they can only do so much because they are still linked to something. They almost mm. feel like they have to do things. So I'm curious how they're going to link these because Oscar Isaac apparently only has one season tied into this. Nothing else is linked to it. He doesn't have any more contracts. So I'm curious what they do with it, but um, they are touching on so much in the comics and where they're going with this. Um, and we, the way this, the last episode ended, I'm very unfamiliar with a lot of these things. I haven't read all the comics, so I don't know. So we've got two episodes left. And the one thing I've always worried about the MC shows is they, they do a lot of like the pacing is like, Oh, we're going to take our time. To, we have one episode left. We have 18,000 things to do. Oh crap. Yeah, so I right. hope they don't get there. I hope they like pace themselves. as like, you, you don't feel like, well, they rushed their way through it versus, hey, they got to a natural place, and I'm curious to see where they land. And that's the big thing with the Marvel shows. Where do they land? We haven't gotten, like, the the teaser or the end credit episode part yet. So I'm like, mm-hmm. are they going to do that? Because Moon Knight has very little, like, cachet with, like, villain Janelle or crossover, largely. So it's not like, you know, you know what's going to come up. So I think with this show, it's the most what if mm-hmm. or, you know, with WandaVision. I mean, and you're right. They have done a great job of trying different genres and doing different things, and I applaud them for that. So I hope this really does a great job. But I, w- I think a lot of people are like, can I get more some more Moon Knight? 
Yep. Moon Knight kicking butt. I would like some more of that, and I think they can do more of that. But obviously, they want to get there. They want to have some big payoffs. Yep, I, I'm super curious to see how this ends. So, the next show you're going to talk about, I, I think my wife would tell me my favorite show is probably Bob's Burgers, probably of all time. I love that show. I mm-hmm. love the fact that it's so positive. It makes families feel imperfectly awesome. Mm-hmm. And the characters in Ennis love it. And the fact that we're getting a Bob's Burgers movie, I'm like, what world am I living in? And I just love that world. Central Park is by the same creators and some music, largely musicals type of show too in Central Park. And I've only watched a little bit of it, but what I've liked, I liked a lot. So mm-hmm. are you all the way through it? I've only watched like two episodes. I binged both seasons pretty much back to back in a couple days. I, I am also a huge Bob's Burgers fan. I just love everything about it. Um, I love the humor. I love the relationships between the family. Um, every, like I just, I cannot wait for the movie. And the fact that it's a month away just doesn't feel real. Um, Central Park does a lot that you know, it looks identical to Bob's Burgers in terms of like the animation style. Like you said, it's the same creators. It's just, it, I'm assuming the rest of the same team. Um, and it looks very visually similar, but it's cool because there's actually a running storyline through the episodes, which in Bob's Burgers is very much is like there's a couple two parters, a couple three parters, but it, it's very much, you know, sequestered into its own space. Um, central Park has a running storyline through them. You'll have your kind of, you know, your central story, you know, episodes that just have whatever going on. But then there's a, there's a larger plot happening. Uh, the voice cast is stellar. It is much more musical. Like there's, I think, like at least three to four songs an episode. Um, so like if you're not one for that kind of music, well, then that's, you know, I, I don't think you're going to kind of fall into it. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I, I cannot wait for the third season, which is, uh, you know, it's already been announced. We already know that they're working on it. Um, it's it's just a lot of fun. The songs are spectacular and it does get a little more serious than Bob's does. Bob's never really like there's been there was episodes of Central Park that made me cry just because of how like they don't hit hard, but they tug on your heart in a way that like, you know, anybody with any sort of, you know, familiar, familial relationships or people that they care about in a certain ways, like it, it pulls at you sometimes. And it's just, it's fantastic. I loved it. I started it and I just couldn't stop watching it rip through both seasons. If you like Bob's burgers, dude, hundred percent recommend it is. It is so good. It is so, so good. Yeah. I need to watch more. Apple TV plus is that little, service that i feel like they do a little bit and deliver very strongly Mm -hmm. this series is kind of like a pleasant surprise and you're going to talk about another one which uh i have to catch up on too but before i do if do you watch uh the great north i don't okay if you like bob's burgers you will probably really enjoy the great north it's about a family that lives in alaska and it's a family that is so wonderful and they're just all it's it's just great. I just I just don't want to say more than that. The Great North that's on Fox, so it's on Hulu. If you want, if you have that, I don't know. Hulu does that exist exist in Canada? It doesn't. Okay, so the Great North, check it out. But it's once again, it has a. I think it's by some of the creators of Bob's Burgers. It's on season two, and at first it has it started off kind of rocky, but it's really really good. I really enjoy it too. It's another show I that know. I just. The one girl's her her spirit animal is Alanis Morissette, and she talks to her in this. It's just, yeah, it's good. I'm gonna have to check this out. I haven't even heard of this one. Thank you for putting this on my radar. It's goofy. It's goofy. Yeah, goofy animated, right. just with so much heart. It's once again, it's that heart and goofiness, and it's fun. 
yeah, I'll have to check it out. All right. And then lastly, Matt, Severance. I have only watched one episode and I love it. I just need to resubscribe to Apple TV Plus. I got to finish Shmigadoon. It's, I, it's, this show is so weird. It's so strange. It's like, it reminds me a lot of if anybody has played Control, like it, it's that kind of weird old school but not kind of feeling like the basic premise for anybody who's unaware of severance it's on apple it's on apple tv stars the incredible adam scott you know if you've seen parks and rec he's been in that um that's kind of where i know him from but like it's basically like a point where society has progressed to the point where there are some people who are now severing their brains and like you basically have you know when you go to work from nine to five you have no memories of the outside and when you kind of it's almost like you walk into work at nine and you wake up at five and that's kind of you know the, the setup for it obviously things are darker and more sinister than they seem um but like it's just fantastic it's such a strange show the I, the cast is like across the board fantastic like it just it's so good it's so weird it's so strange and again it apple tv is just doing this thing now where they are, I think are making the most bingeable content. Like they're still dropping their week to week, but like for me, I've catching up on these shows now. So good. Like they just nail that. I'll, I need to see the next one. Now severance is really, really good. If anybody's curious, this like really weird show. It's, it's awesome. Did you finish it? Yep. I ripped through it. <sighs> it's funny. It's by Ben Stiller, which is, which is interesting. Apparently he made another series called, Prisoners of Denimora is about a prison break, and okay. people just rave about that too. So it's interesting how you get someone you associate as you know Meet the Fockers doing really cool TV work. So yeah, yeah, I I, I don't even know what to say because this show has such a weird analog uh, presence too, where mm-hmm. you have the workers in their their zone where they have like weird blue screens and and just that weird like aesthetic that just finds so interesting. And then Patricia Arquette, who is the boss don't want to give it away she's the boss she is phenomenal yes. and so like she has a presence and she creeps she creeps me out she makes she makes me scared when i start mm-hmm. like oh my goodness yeah yeah it's just so weird but what, what about you my friend what, what else have you been watching because from what i'm seeing here you have quite the interesting title on this Okay, so, yeah, so I saw a movie. My wife was out of town. She's actually coming back tomorrow. She's on a writing retreat in the Poconos, which is just this wonderland in Pennsylvania. So I'm so happy for her. But uh, my son being 16 now, when you're a parent and your child is of a certain age, you can actually leave him alone. I asked him, mm-hmm. do you want to see this movie with me? No, I don't, Dad. I want to play Tiny Tina's Wonderland. I'm like, go ahead. I'll do this. So I saw The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. If that title seems weird to you, I get it. But this is the movie you've probably been seeing trailers for, which is this is the Nicolas Cage movie where Nicolas Cage is playing Nicolas Cage in a very interesting role where he is it's 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 him, but he's playing a version of him, which I I love the fact that some actors can do that, like being John Malkovich. I mean, we've seen like other people do this where they play a version of themselves, which which is it's it's hard to do because do you. It just go all in or do you get like you try to play yourself up so Nicolas Cage went all in and, and just all warts and all he just had a great time with this and this is essentially the storyline is he is struggling uh, to really uh, elevate himself he essentially has got a lot of debt he's like been living in this Hollywood hotel for six months and owes six hundred thousand dollars so he needs a win 
And so he takes basically when you hear about like these these celebrities that go to like a Saudi prince birthday and make like three three million dollars. He essentially is the same thing where he shows up at a birthday party for this guy named Javi in, in um, Spain for a million dollars. And so he's like nervous, like, is he going to want me to do like or weird things? Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. It's so fun. But it's just that, that journey. And it's Pablo um, uh, Pascal, the man, the Mandalorian, team of Nicolas mm-hmm. Cage. And it's funny because Pablo Pascal is like he's such a good actor who just is enjoying it. He's a mega Nick Cage fan. And he just wants to meet him. And it's just this 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 weird path you go down on Nicolas Cage. You find out there's this subplot where Pablo Pascal might be like an arms dealer killer. And Nicolas Cage essentially gets tricked in by the CIA to bring him down. So he's trying to play like Jeez. also as a spy. And it's goofy. It's hilarious. It's self-deprecating. There's so many in you know inside jokes about Nicolas Cage's career. And they they don't I mean there's at this point Pedro Pascal has a museum of Nick Cage things and he has him in the the face off like a, a like a Madame Tussauds wax museum version of Nick Cage and face off with the two golden guns and Nicholas Cage says it's grotesque I'll pay you twenty thousand dollars for it. <laughs> <laughs> this, this movie just looks like a fever dream. Like every oh, time I see trailers for it, like. I don't know. Nick Nick Cage is on this wild swing right now where like people hated him for the longest time and now people love him. Like he's on this like massive like renaissance. He's coming up again. Like good for him. Like he's always put he's always gone all in. And this movie just seems like it. I have to watch it because it just it just looks ridiculous. It, it's 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 a hoot. It's fun. And you don't even have to know anything about Nick Cage and you'll just have a good time. So I think they nail that. Um, there is one sidebar, though, that is hilarious because Nick Cage Apparently in this movie, he's created almost like a separate version of himself, almost like an angel or devil on your shoulder named Nikki, where it's like it's like Nick Cage from like age 28, where he's got the long hair hanging down. He he basically <laughs> they they kiss each other. They punch each other. It's very weird, but it's hilarious because it's almost like you talking to your um, yourself and, you know, what should you do? Uh, they pulled it off. Really fun time. So definitely check that out if you're looking for a movie to see this a little bit different. So there you go. I, I do – I think there's one movie that I know you did see. We're not going to talk about it, but a movie I really want to see is the Michelle Yeoh movie. I've got – I committed to see that with my wife uh, because my wife is a Filipino woman. To see a, a leading woman leading a science fiction film, it's very weird and eclectic. We're going to go see that. But I mean I, I've heard you love that movie. I can't wait what to a- see it. One of my favorite movies ever, Everything Everywhere All at Once, is just spectacular start to finish. Go watch it as soon as possible. Everyone and every new one. It's it's incredible. There you go, folks. That's a great recommendation, and I will hopefully see it next week and can talk about it on the podcast. There we go. That is what we've been watching, The Geekies. Man, that was a lot of fun. We mm-hmm. covered a lot of territory, but now we're going to do something even better, which is go to A Land Down Under, where the mutants are waiting for us to entertain them with their topic or game. So we are going to the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina! We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game, a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, we are talking about anime. And this is an interesting one. And I thought it was perfect to bring Matt in because he's a big fan of anime. And anime is a very unique area of animation that not everybody truly understands. 
Um, I've got a different perspective on it because I grew up in the 80s and 90s and animation was available in video places, but also on syndicated television. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's kind of where I want to give you my little bit of my history, where it was, where it's at currently with yourself and how you kind of discovered it and what you, you like about anime and what it means to you. And then kind of some recommendations where people should check old and new of, and and kind of where they can watch the stuff because that's kind of a challenge. Um, So I think that's the way we'll go about this, but um, very quickly, anime is essentially Japanese animation that started off with, I I guess we would say it would, um, there was a um, creator in Japan after world war II um, with, um, was it robot boy? I'm, I'm, I'm I Astro boy. Astro boy. Astro boy. Yes. And he was considered, the creator was considered like the Walt Disney of Japan. And that truly was the base building for Japanese animation. And a lot of the things they created with Astro boy continued. It was a weird synergy of not only animation, but what, what they were doing with film, with Godzilla, the, the, the shonen films, uh, all of those things came in together to create animation that was not just for kids, it was for adults. So it created a different audience than we had in the United States, which then led, which was a lot of that was in the 50s, led to United States needing content to put on their TVs, which led to it getting localized in the worst ways to the United States. Um, a lot of that content was throwaway, but some of it wasn't. Um, one of those where I truly got into it was Robotech. Robotech, uh, Sunbow, whoever else brought it forward, uh, Harmony Gold. It, it's got a long history of right issues and how you can even watch it. But essentially, Robotech was a syndicated show I watched as a kid in the 80s. It was fantastic. It was all about um, this alien race that had a ship basically crash land on earth where they use the technology then create transforming robots to eventually help themselves against an alien race. But the unique thing about it at the time, it felt like a soap opera for little kids watching a show relationships were developed. You had deaths, you had all these things that was unseen with standard cartoons, Mm -hmm. but it was created by uh, everyone in Japan. And then this American company tried to make sense of it with voiceovers that didn't work. They then took three separate series and said it was all the same. It was all Robotech, but different generations. And it truly wasn't. But as a kid, I was just so intrigued. I loved it. And it was a long story line. It was essentially doing what the MCU tried Mm -hmm. so many years before, telling one long time story, which was like for a kid in the 80s, you know, little Todd was like blown away. The robots are cool. And we just couldn't get enough. The toys, though, were hardly represented on screen. Um, And I will tell you this one fun fact. uh, The character Jetfire in Transformers was based upon a uh, Veritech from Macross. Okay. Kind of cool, really cool, like, die cast, and I actually have it, but it's put away. But the coolest thing in the world. So um, it was kind of a weird crossover at the time. But that became, like, Voltron was the same way. Voltron was an animated series from Japan brought over and that's kind of how I started my line and a lot of almost all the animation in the U.S. that were coming over was from Japan, Transformers and such. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, Matt. Then we get into the wild late 80s, early 90s, and that's truly where I think animation 
uh, in Japan for, that was more mature started coming over to the U.S. Um, we got like Vampire Hunter D. We got Sci-Fi Channel starting showing anime, and it leaked in. You got more things like Tales of the Overfiend. You got um, uh, oh, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name, um, Giver. Uh, was another series um, okay. yeah, that came over. And then you could go to your video shop and rent videos of anime, and it was a little bit more mature. And I think you'll even talk about it, the fact that you watched some stuff you probably weren't supposed to because it was for a mature audience that mm-hmm. adults would watch. But it was such a weird dichotomy of like animation has always been considered for kids. So that was the kind of the journey I went with. I wanted to find more to watch because I wanted to see more versions of what the storytelling was. The animation was so unique compared to what I was seeing in the U.S. with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I really had an appreciation. And then even in as I uh, in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, my brother-in-law uh, recommended some series to me, Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Evan Alien. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. Uh, Escaflone. Um, some of those type of series were like, oh, a lot of different elements of storytelling. Deep and and uh, one was blood. Uh, it, it just there's a bunch of different ways, and then different storytelling within anime. And then I started watching uh, Toonami, and they started mm-hmm. bringing Dragon Ball. And then I would watch it every day after work came out of the Air Force. I'm an adult watching that. Pokemon came out, which was a big anime. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Big O, Giant Robo. Um, they had reinventions of even like Battle of the Planets, which became Gachamon, uh, that became more sophisticated. So that's where I kind of I kind of landed. I'm like, I really enjoyed it so much and what they did, and but the source material was so hard to find. Uh, mm-hmm. was it was it dubbed? And that's something, Matt, I think you'll probably go into. So for a lot of folks, um, obviously this is made overseas. You had uh, subtitled, which is essentially the original script, hopefully localized well that made sense, using the original Japanese uh, voice talent and mm-hmm. scripting it so everyone could read it. You also had dubs, which was basically people speaking over uh, the, the animation where they didn't reanimate the lips um, and I don't even know if they had a real story that they were actually telling it from or if they were making it up. I don't know, but that's mm-hmm. where it was at that time. So it was kind of a mixed bag and that's why dubbed. If you hear about the, if you get into anime and this is what hopefully we're getting ready for anime, um, there's a contingent of sub versus dubbed mm-hmm. and they both have their merits. Um, and I know that's what we're trying not to scare people away. It's like, what are you comfortable with? And then there are benefits of both. My son mm-hmm. makes me watch uh, subtitled, but I like dubbed because I like to see the animation on stage. I don't want to divert myself from what's seeing there. But I, 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 rep- I totally understand that there's there's benefits for both. Yeah. So Matt, from there, um, and then for anyone who understands, like if you see animation. Uh, that may seem different. There's uh, American developed projects that are animated overseas, but they, my son reminds me, tell me, Dad, Avatar is not, uh, the Avatar Last Airbender is not anime. It's just animated style. Same with Castlevania, others like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that's where I land in my voyage and where I've come from where I'm at today. Um, you obviously had a different voyage with anime and, and you're, you're, you're bigger into it than I am. So, What's what's your 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 perspective on anime and, and where do you mm-hmm. see it today? And, and you know we want to actually tell people, you know, where should they go to find good anime? What would you recommend for people at the beginning? 
Yeah, I think for me, like anime started with like like very similarly with Dragon Ball, but it was also like this mix of like I think I grew up at a time when anime, especially for kids, was massive. We had Pokemon, you had Digimon, you had Beyblade, you had Yu-Gi-Oh, you had you know Card Captor, you had Sailor Moon. There was so much hitting around the same time frame, and it was all played you know on prime time. It was all played along the same time as you know as everything else was. Um, Digimon was one of my earliest memories of like again. Uh, a quote-unquote kids show tackling more serious you know topics and dealing with uh with some more serious stuff and i it, it stands as one of my favorite to this day and you know we got uh the original characters back with with you know um with a lot of the remakes of well not the remakes they did like a sequel um six movies and then they did like another sequel after that so there's there's a lot to love um, and then, so I basically went through all of that. I followed, you know, Pokemon and Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh and Beyblade religiously, uh, and then got into Dragon Ball. Like I, again, watching Dragon Ball Z every time that I could. And I think my first kind of foray into, you know, not quote unquote non-mainstream, you know, anime, because it was, again, it was Full Metal Alchemist. Um, just offhand saw it you know at rogers and 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 fell in love with it again it was telling dark weird stories about things that i had never even considered like you know the the the, that show is so special and i think that's one of the only anime that regardless of whether you watch the original or brotherhood which you know go follows the manga route much more closely because it can't you know the original came out at a time where the manga was happening at the same time anime caught up and they're like let's just do our own thing forget the rest of the source material source material waiting for it and what the story that they told was really not bad it actually works given the context and anything that that works within so full metal was kind of that massive jumping off point and then it was just like a slit like i remember watching a lot of one piece and like again on like things like you know uh kazaa and limewire and stuff and like dragging in like you know like 480p you know horribly subbed copies Mm -hmm. of one piece movies and watching those and absolutely adoring them um and it was kind of you know brotherhood when when brotherhood started that i think that you know with full metal alchemist brotherhood that was kind of like when i finally really started getting in to anime right because before that it was just kind of like watching the one piece movies um, and then that click that starts to sh- that that starts to happen as you start to consume more and more, learning about the different subgenres, learning about how seasonal anime actually is, and kind of you know looking forward to what comes next. Anime is at a point now where like subs and dubs is is it's it's like the console wars. People are always going to fight about it. It's never not going to be a thing, in my opinion. Watch however you want to consume the content. Like a lot of the like. For me, I am a subs person. I, I do like it just because I do like the original voice talent a lot of the time. Um, but like a lot of dubbing has come a long way in terms of what they're showing and how they're communicating and even just like the voice work behind it. Um, I really don't think that there's a wrong way you can go. I think for someone who's trying to get into me, into anime nowadays, it is tough. Uh, you know, you mentioned how to watch. Crunchyroll is pretty much the de facto place to go. It's rolling in with Funimation. Crunchyroll bought Funimation. So it's all coming under the same umbrella. Everything is going to be in the same spot there. So accessing it is going to be easier than ever before. Um, I remember, you know, watching again, like the 480p YouTube FMBs of stuff, like just trying to like consume content in different ways. And that's the beautiful thing about where anime is now. I really and truly 100% believe that there is an anime for everyone regardless of you're looking for a slice of life, which is, you know, slower paced and just kind of focuses on the characters and then and, and how they live. If you want sports anime, if you want, you know, over the top ridiculous action anime, there's, there's just so much to consume that like, I, you know, 
starting out, I think is the most challenging part. And then just going from there, right? Like how invested do you become in the, the you know, trying out different subgenres? How invested do you become in just learning about the different spaces? Because there is, there is so much and they can get overwhelming, but like my biggest recommendation hop over to my anime list. If you're serious about drop, like, you know, hopping into anime as things stand now, hop over to my anime list. Look at the top, you know, rated anime of all time. My anime list is by no means, like, it, it suffers the same problem that, like, Metacritic does where people will review bomb anime just to make sure that it's not in the top. Pick, just look at them. Look at one that's visually appealing to you. Click on it. Does the synopsis sound cool? Give it a watch, right? Like, there's there's so much. Like, if you're looking for... Wait, so, so Matt, is that your anime list or is there a site called My Anime List? No, there's a site called My, my Anime List. It, it, okay, because I was just sure, like, is it My Anime yeah. List? I'm like, okay, so yeah. not not biased at all. It's My Anime List. Yeah, it's My so. Anime List. It's the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, very cool. Yeah, so you, there's just so much you can do there. But, like, in terms of, you know, where anime is now, it's bigger than ever before. You have pop-up shops for, you know, for different anime. You have restaurants themed around it. It is now, again more accessible than ever before, right? Like it, it lives everywhere that you're looking for it. Um, I, you know, I, I can get into some recommendations in, term, in terms of like, you know, what where to start. I, I, my wife is not an anime person. She does not watch much of it at all. She'll watch the occasion random episode, but like Your Name is a movie that came out mm. um, by Makoto Shinkai and it's just, it's beautiful. The animation is incredible. The music is awesome. It's like my parents even watched it and enjoyed it. And again, like they're not people who ever sit down to watch anime. If you're curious about kind of like the current state of the scene and you're interested in something that's a little emotional, it's 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 a little weird, but like it, you know, there's it's just beautifully animated, beautifully put together. If you're looking for a movie, again, you don't want to commit to a series and hearing how One Piece is now over a thousand episodes. Like, of course, give your name a go. Uh, it's a beautiful way to start. And then, of course, he has plenty more movies that you can, you know, kind of dive in and and understand. Shonen anime is pretty much every, like, well, not every, but a lot of people's intro into it between stuff like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto. If you're looking some fantastic modern shonen, My Hero Academia is awesome. Captures that, you know, um, superhero craze that exists with the MCU and in mainstream pop culture now. Um you know, it's basically, again, a superhero school as I'm learning. And, you know, it goes it goes to incredible places. It has some incredible animation um, slice of life stuff. I think this I think slice of life is one of the harder ones to kind of break into because people can say, like, nothing happens. It's boring. But again, there's so much there. That's just beautiful. Real life is fantastic. Basically about, a you know, uh, a guy in his late 20s, early 30s who starts to regret life, gets a pill that makes him younger again. And he gets to kind of re-experience and like relive his life in a way. Again, just the story that it tells is is fantastic. Toradora is another really, really fun one. Again, just like a, um, I think they're in high school or middle school, but just like, you know, young love and romance and stuff. If you're looking for drama, Erased is one of the most haunting pieces of media I've ever watched. It's about a little girl that gets kidnapped and just like people looking for her. It's just, it's really weird. And it's really, it's really scary. Like I, I got uncomfortable watching it, not because of like them doing anything gross, but just have how tense it gets and how, like how just much it just plays with your heart. Um, Steins gate is a fantastic time travel, you know, uh, you know, 
that one is really wacky with a lot of, you know, similarly to with Multiverse of Madness, with a lot of parallel timelines, with a lot of stuff going on. Uh, one of the best anime out there. You can't go wrong. And that's with also that. a video. There's a video game at it, or yep. video yep. game a adaptation. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny because that's another part. A lot of these, they call them anime games, um, mm-hmm. is a big part. Like, it's, it's, it's a feel that captures. Uh, what anime goes for, but also captures then um, a lot of the action elements. But also then we have visual novels, mm-hmm. which capsules manga with uh, storytelling elements like uh, Doki Doki uh, Literature Club. <laughs> which, yes, that, yeah, I tried doing that yeah. online with someone. We have not gotten to the clipboard, but it's 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 kind of interesting because I would say that has so much overlap in the uh, genre with 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 anime just being the format. It's like video mm-hmm. games. Video games, anime. Yep. I mean, it's like it's broad because there's so many different styles within it. But it's interesting mm-hmm. that that I would say anime lends itself to other mediums uh, that you can enjoy, which is great too to ex- further explore the medium. And that's what I mean. Like like with Steins Gate specifically, like it's a visual novel. It's a game that like. I didn't understand how to play it for like the first four hours because you don't even realize that you're making choices as to how deeply ingrained it is into the story. Um, you know, sports anime is another massive one. There's an anime about ballroom dancing. That's incredible. Um, there's Haikyuu, which is probably the most popular one about volleyball. Run with the Wind is about a, um, a, a track team that is one of the most inspiring pieces of media I've ever seen, period. Forget anime. Like it's just beautifully done and beautifully put together. Um, so there's like a lot there. If you're looking for like the new hotness, what everybody's talking about nowadays, uh, Attack on Titan is coming towards its end. I I I not person I don't personally like it. Um, the mangaka, the the author, is known for some pretty xenophobic and and gross stuff. Um, but like again, to each their own. I can understand why people you know like it. Um, Demon Slayer is another huge one right now. Just came out with a movie not too long ago, and that's about you know a boy hunting demons. And it's just the, has some of the most interesting and beautiful animation. It literally looks like, like water work. Like it looks like, mm-hmm. like water paint, literally like splashing across your screen. Um, Jujutsu Kaisen is just balls out. Awesome. Ridiculous, big fights, um, ridiculous power levels. But like, again, take like Dragon Ball Z and put them in like a demon hunting high school. And you have Jujutsu Kaisen um, spy family is is huge right now it's it's brand new it's only like three or four episodes in so if you're sure. looking for something that's like literally I think it's brand new, highlighted on uh, i think it's highlighted on hulu right now like it, it could, just shows yeah. up yeah yeah um that one's adorable it's about a spy who needs to get to uh you know it, he's after a target he needs a family adopts a little girl uh who's a telepath and then brings in like a, a wife who's an assassin nobody knows what's going on except for the little girl because she can read their minds and she's trying to make sure that they can't read their minds it's adorable it's fun this uh, is like I, a vin diesel movie ready to be made like i'm like I'm kindergarten saying. cop right yeah yeah uh kaguya sama is another one the second season just started it's an absolutely ridiculous uh like it's a rom-com but it just it blows everything in away in its absolute ridiculousness like they have like mini battles like each episode is basically like three or four subplots that kind of just come together in wild and, and, and fun ways and like i cannot i cannot not mention my favorite anime of all time which is gintama um I, that that one is one that I don't recommend for somebody who's just looking to start off into anime. Go with anything else I recommended. Gintama is like three hundred plus, epi- like it's like three hundred and fifty episodes plus a movie. It is a big wow. Time. Yeah, it wow. is. I know. But like for me, 
I've like I've never laughed so hard in an anime. I've never cried so hard. It's like it. My other favorite show is Scrubs. So like, which does oh like yeah, the very, which does like the Doctor Acula. Everything yeah, comes Dr. down Acula. to poo. Exactly. Which so like it does that it does that same thing where it goes from like mm. ridiculously serious to ridiculously funny at the drop of a hat. Uh just surreal and absurd and just like beautiful. Uh, but like that that one is again, there's a lot of just one-off episodes because it's just comedy. It's not filler when it comes to Kintama because it's just ridiculous. Um, but like, yeah, dude, there's just so much in the world of anime to check out. There's so many, you know, with if you're looking for horror anime or sports or slice of life or just ridiculous action. There's so much of it now that like, and so much quality that like, again, go to my anime list, start looking at the top anime. If there's one that visually looks appealing to you, check it out and, and go from there. And it, it, it's a slippery slope after that. Cause once you start getting into it now where it's like, you're waiting for a new anime because you're hearing about the manga because the seasonal, like you'll have spring anime, fall anime, winter anime. Like there's so much uh, to consume, which is just the world that we live in nowadays, Todd, there's just a ton of content. So you can't go wrong. There's a ton that you can get into it and just enjoy. And I think, you know, getting over that three inch barrier of, of subtitles for a lot of people can be tough if there's no dub, which, you know, a lot of the time there isn't because not everything comes over with, with the dub or it comes late. Mm -hmm. Um, there's just so much that people are missing out on if they're not willing to give themselves the opportunity to just read a little bit as they watch, um, across the board. And that's like, you know, a lot of international television. So I love it. Always going to love it. There's just there's so much here. If anybody's looking for recommendations or if anybody wants to reach out and has any questions, by all means, because there's so much goodness. It's it's amazing. I, I feel like this is a generational thing now where it is it's in bookstores, it's it's everywhere you yes. look. Uh it's on Netflix, it's on Hulu, it's on different areas to get it. So it's it's not hard to find, which is great. Mm-hmm. So the barrier of entry is low. Um but yeah, it is overwhelming. So yeah, if you need someone to recommend make recommendations, because we haven't even touched on like, you know, Studio Ghibli, who is like the mm-hmm. Disney of that, where yep. it's very fan- family friendly. I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot there as well. And I believe mm-hmm. Disney actually was in, was um, important to bring those stateside, um, like Howl's Moving ca- uh, Moving Castle. Then there's mm-hmm. uh, Princess Mononoke. There's a few others. Uh, away. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Ponyo, which a lot of people love too. Just goofy stuff um so yeah i mean there's something for everyone and it was funny because like even in theaters now you're seeing manga or anime released my son and i saw um broly the dragon ball z movie we yes. saw a my hero academia i forgot i think we've seen two movies on screen yep. and we also saw the latest demon slayer movie train and we had a blast and then we're mm-hmm. just like back to the tv to watch it because we're excited to see what happens next so there's it's, it's great. It's a great time if you want to check it out, try something new, especially I would say it's really uh, opening the doors open to a lot of uh, female audiences, which I think traditionally that's been a barrier to a lot of things. And, and it's there's more there for a mm-hmm. female audience than there is in other mediums, too. So it's really cool. It's, it's really cool how it opens up doors for more storytelling, more different genres. And even if you're like scared, I would say check out avatar the last airbender has yes. a feel for it, but it's it from american take castlevania if you want something a little bit more video gamey uh even star wars uh oh visions, visions. Yeah. uh which i mean these are all like mainstream things that you're familiar with but giving you a view of how stories can be told in different mediums so i mean any other examples that i'm like missing that are like oh this is more mainstream this might be an easy way in 
Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think you kind of hit, like, Avatar, you know, The Last Airbender is a huge one, and, like, it pretty much is anime, come on. Like, it's just, there's there's so mm-hmm. much beauty there. Um, I think that's kind of, like, the big one, and I think that's the thing. There's, like, especially for a lot of people growing up, at least in my generation, they've been watching anime whether they realize it's anime or not. If you grew up on Pokemon, if you grew up on Digimon, yep. if you grew up on Yu-Gi-Oh!, if you grew up on Sailor Moon, if you grew up on Cardcaptor Sakura, there's so much there that, like, you know, that people have a lot of love for that I think is just, there's, I think a lot of that stigma of, you know, from when we were growing up about, you know, gaming kids and anime kids just being nerds who have no friends or whatever. Like, I mean, the nerds pretty much won in this day and age. Like, you know, everything is mainstream. Everything is popular. So like, if you're at all curious, just again, you probably have a subscription to a service that has anime on it, whether you realize it's there or not, just give something a try. So, Matt, I, I think one thing I want to bring out, the anime has some certain things that are just unique to themselves mm-hmm. in regards to the way the characters react. And I think that's something just to give people, just be aware that you're going to see the characters have, like, um, different animation styles. Like, you'll see them being very ultra-realistic, ultra-like, wow, this is neat. And then all of a sudden they'll be, like, doing, like, some odd, like, almost like, uh, I don't even know what the best way to put it. It's, it's, it's almost just, like... It's, it's like it's very chibi. It gets very. It gets cartoony. chibi, yeah, very yeah. cartoony. Like the 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 dew or the 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 perspiration mark. There's certain elements. It just seems like people are like, why are they doing that? And that's where something. It's like that's a, that's a different element of the animation style and the culture too. So it's it's that's part of it. So I don't always understand it, but I mm-hmm. I understand they do some more comedic things. They do some things to change the the tone uh, to mm-hmm. break up the the the, the tenseness at times. Yeah. And like, and that's, that's an awesome point because like a lot of styles change. And again, like depending on what anime you're watching, some anime will do that. Some anime won't, but a lot of the more comedic leaning ones, like more like slapstick, very kind of like loud. It can be very loud and in your face. I love that about it. Like I said, Gintama is ridiculous for that. Um, it's just, there's, there's a lot to love here. If you just give, give yourself the opportunity to try. And again, like if the over the top ridiculousness isn't for you, Try something in Slice of Life. Try something that's horror. Try something that's more thriller. Like your name, like I said, your name or any of Makoto Shinkai's movies are a great way to kind of get your toe wet and see if if modern anime is for you. Because a lot of people grew up on, like you mentioned, like on Studio Ghibli. And again, I don't know if they people were realized that they were watching anime or not at the time because it was just this was an animated movie. That's all that that's all that it was. Um, so there's a lot to love if you just give yourself the opportunity to. This is fun. Uh, I love this conversation. And uh, we did get a uh, question from Edward Varnell. I love Ed. I need to have him on the show. I've been on his shows before. He's always great about putting out questions. Um, He says, do you think there should be more anime design shows, movies like the Animatrix? Also, if you could remake Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, what would be the one thing that has to be addressed? It's funny because that movie, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, I was so excited for it because this is a CG, uh, big budget. Sony's going all in. I was in Washington, D.C., back from Korea to hang out with my newly married wife. I said, you got to see this movie, honey. This looks so cool because I just you know finished Final Fantasy VII, really excited mm-hmm. about Final Fantasy VIII. And I saw this thing, and I'm like, I don't even know what happened. It had nothing to do with anything else. I'm like, it was, it it was a big miss, but I mean, it, it, that becomes the scenario of maybe some misses or some experimentation in the West to take elements of it and maybe not 
fully succeeding, but Animatrix is one. There was a Batman version, I believe, as well uh, that mm-hmm. has tried to blend. Uh, we even had Batman um, Ninja, which was yep. a anime version. So we've seen some attempts that uh, mainstream tries to incorporate it. Uh, do you think that this is a good approach? Should we try more of these things? Are saying we're not always going to succeed? I think I think why not? I mean, Star Wars Vision is the most recent example of something like the Animatrix, which was you know a number of short you know things in that universe with different styles and different you know different takes on what it was. And I mean, I hope that I hope I hope we get more of that. Like I said, Star Wars Visions was fantastic. You had stuff like you know like you had Studio Trigger making a Star Wars you know thing, which is awesome. I don't see why not. Like I think letting, especially like a lot of the. Star Wars has been around for a long time. The MCU has been around for a long time now. Like let, seeing different takes on properties that we love and care about, I don't think is ever a bad thing. Um, regardless of how it ends up in terms of its quality, I, I think experimenting in these worlds is something fantastic. I would love to see, uh, you know, an MCU visions, not just a what if, but, you know, with varying art styles with ridiculousness. That's why, you know, even the, the new Spider-Verse movies of flapping, flipping between different art styles and stuff, you're seeing elements of that come into play here. Right. So I hope we get more of this, whether we will, I don't know. It, I, it does seem like an expensive endeavor. It, you're drafting multiple teams from all over the world to be able to make different kinds of, you know, different kinds of content. But I'm sure Disney especially is not lacking for any money. Um, in terms of Final Fantasy, the Spirits Within, I don't remember this movie. I watched it when I was young, uh, but I, and I remember liking it, but I, I could not tell you a single thing about it. So as to what needs to be addressed. I have no idea. <laughs> well, we did get Advent Children, right? We, we did get the Final Fantasy yep. 15. Wasn't there anime for that too? Or it a was, CGI? Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I don't remember how well they were accepted. Advent Children. I liked Advent Children. It was fun. It was a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially the Final Fantasy 15 one was, again, was solid. It's not groundbreaking, mm-hmm. but if you're if you're in, then it's it's a fun ride. Yeah, and it's funny because we talk about Star Wars Visions, and Star Wars was influenced by Akira Kurosawa and all of the Shogun films, and and you know, so it kind of comes full circle. And I, I I'm I'm really excited to see these genres blend and take the best of the best. The Matrix just reminds me of someone who took japanese culture and brought it into an action film in the west and it mm-hmm. went really cool with the wire work and things like that so matt this has been a fun journey we don't know where we're going to end up but i mean if anything a- anime manga all those influences will only get bigger mm-hmm. and i think this is a great journey and hey there's people that can guide us on this mission and you are one of them so thank you for bringing this up i always want to explore new areas that are kind of like um, I'm aware of it, but I'm not up to speed. So mm-hmm. obviously we would love to have you back when Charlie's back. So he can, you know, bend your ear about Spider-Man and such. This has been a great time. So with that, we are leaving the Thunderdome, but we don't want to leave you, uh, yet because we want you to tell you to tell the people where they can follow you on the interwebs. Yeah. So basically, uh, well, first off, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. I love talking anime and, uh, you know, I'll come back anytime to, to talk more about Spider-Man and everything else. Uh, as for myself, you can find me in a couple different places. You can find me prim- primarily over on burnout brighter, um, or burnout underscore Matt on Twitter. We talk all things, video games, mental health, and social justice. Uh, we have a new series that we're working on for May for mental health awareness month, where we're going to be talking to different developers of games that have dealt, uh, with mental health in various forms. So, you know, get excited for that. 
And you can always find us, or you can also find me over at Carpool Gaming, patreon.com slash carpoolgaming or youtube.com slash carpoolgaming or Carpool Gaming of any service that you use to podcast over on the PlayStation Drive, where each and every week we sit down and talk about all things PlayStation. Uh, and it's it's a lot of fun. We, we get into some pretty cool stuff, but that's everywhere you can find me. And once again, Todd, this is a lot of fun and uh, we'll definitely get you back over on Burnout uh, you know, soon to talk about more nerdy stuff. And thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Matt, did you get my request to get a PlayStation Drive t-shirt with the PlayStation 3 as a George Foreman grill making Chocobo burgers? No, but that sounds incredible. I told Sean Capri. We'll see how it happens. But I would love to buy your merch. So, yeah, guys. Yeah. Sean just Sean just wants a Jar Jar shirt. That's why. He, he's black <laughs> he's, he's not letting us make any other shirts until we get a Jar Jar shirt. Well, you know what? You could do the PlayStation 3 with the Jar Jar sandwich and just make Booyah. Jar Jar on the PlayStation 3 grill and you're good to go. Yes. But yes, folks, follow Matt. It's just so much fun. Carpool gaming, anything in gaming you love. Burnout Brighter, really doing some really important things, doing so much awesome work. We love this. Uh, our brothers to the north, we always accept them. We love them. Thank you once again, Matt. This was a great time. Uh, for me... Uh, Charlie, check out Charlie at the C3 on uh, socials. He's not here, but I'm sure he would have loved to have you. And you'll be back on with Charlie. It'll be a great time. Uh, myself, uh, at Tiaxtra on Twitter. Uh, follow me uh, if you want to get my mad rants about why Dragon Age Origins doesn't have gamepad support on PC. Why? I don't know. Eh. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, uh, you can follow me on gaming, uh, Spartion 1998 on PlayStation, and you can play with me on Switch and Xbox on Spartion, 19, uh, Spartion 98. There we go. So with that, Matt, once again, thank you. This has been a joy. So much fun. Follow Matt for all things anime, gaming, and mental health on the interwebs. And with that, folks, be the hero, not the villain. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.